0: This week is headed into a uh, Christmas weekend for those of you that celebrate Christmas. If you celebrate other holidays, I wish you all the best. I hope you have a chance to get together with friends and family. Enjoy yourself, relax, let some of the uh, trials and tribulations that are going on in this country go for one or two days. Share some stories, have meals together, just get some joy back in your life. This last year or two, it's been tough to find joy, unless it's been with our families. Uh, So we all need that break. We all need to take that time and uh, bring some of that joy back in our lives so we remember what it is. We'll get through all this, but it's taking longer than any of us had hoped it would. And uh, it's almost to the point where it's difficult to imagine a normal life and a joyful life. After all we've been through with COVID and politics and all this shit, I'm hoping we're coming to an end to it fairly soon. But let's take the holidays as a break. Let's let everything else go. Let's enjoy ourselves and bring some of that joy back into our lives. Well, let's talk about what's happening in the news. And even though it's kind of a holiday week, here's the thing about holiday weeks. We've got Christmas Eve on Friday and we've got Christmas Day on Saturday when I was working as a broker trying to do deals with different people. This week would have been a total waste. Nobody works during these weeks. They're either headed out of town, laying low on a staycation, or whatever the fuck they're doing. But this week was a no-work week. Nobody was available. And even if you could get one person available, then everybody else would be unavailable, so you couldn't get anything done. I enjoy the holidays, but I also wanted to make some money now and again. And these weeks are always problematic. And in fact, it extends beyond this, because we go this week, and we have Christmas, And then the whole next week leading up to um, New Year's Day is another week where nobody does anything. And then when New Year's Day is over and you come back to work on that Monday in this particular instance – Everybody says, oh, man, I just got back. I got so much to catch up on. I don't have time to do anything. So when it's all said and done from December to January, you've got three weeks that are essentially a waste in the business world, at least the business world I was in. Uh, I'm not trying to be a scrooge here. Yeah, enjoy the holidays, but you don't give up on life for three weeks just because you got a couple holidays in there. But fortunately, that's not a worry of mine anymore. I'm not doing that anymore, so I don't care if they take time off or not. I'm not going to take much uh, much time off for podcast. I enjoy doing it. As long as you want to listen to it, I'm going to be here to do it. So let's talk about what's going on in the news lately, and uh, there's a lot. Seems like every time I do a podcast, which is a six days a week or more, there's always plenty to talk about. And the one person we've been talking mostly about, of course, is Joe Manchin. He said no to the Build Back Better bill, the one that's going to give back to the middle class, make the rich people finally pay some taxes and put money back into this country. I've often told people, I said, you know, the Build Back Better deal, you have to look at it as like an investment. If you have a portfolio, an investment portfolio, and you've got money to put into that portfolio, do you give it to the, uh, the areas that aren't returning any money in terms of taxes, like the rich? Or do you put it into the people or the section that derives a lot of taxes, the backbone of your portfolio or the backbone of this country it only makes sense to reinvest into your most valuable part of your portfolio and that's what we the middle class are we are the most important because no matter what happens if the middle class dies everything dies the rich people have nobody left to scam but they get greedy and they keep eating and they keep eating and they don't care if we break down or disappear they will after the fact but they're too stupid and too greedy to know that ahead of time so sometimes we need something like a build back better bill to force them to put money back into the middle class so we can keep them afloat so we can keep this fucking country afloat it's a simple process it's a simple concept you would think people would grasp it but no greed clouds their minds clouds their eyes and they will do it to their own destruction. Well, hopefully that won't be the case in this situation. Anyway, Joe Manchin is the guy on the chopping block now. Joe Manchin said he would not vote for the Build Back Better bill. Now, he got a lot of heat. He's still getting a lot of heat. You see, he'd been negotiating with Joe Biden for more than a six, eight months. He made some promises to the president. He made some promises to Congress. He made some promises to America. Then all of a sudden, he gets a little butthurt, and he says, Okay, fuck it, I'm not going to (laughs) work. What a child. That's typical of a narcissist. You know, if I don't get what I want or I don't get treated with the respect I deserve, then I'm just going to pout and go away. And I'm not going to do what you want to do, even though it might cut my own throat. I will cut my nose off to spite my face just to show you I'm mad. And you should, you should be scared because I'm mad. <laughs> well, here's the thing. People did get very mad about this. Now, Joe Manchin was already getting a lot of heat every day through this whole negotiation. I mean, he had people from West Virginia pull up in boats in front of his $750,000 houseboat calling him out. <laughs> I still remember one quote. I saw the video. <laughs> It was so ironic. It was fucking ridiculous. Somebody in one of these little boats, these little rowboats in front of Joe's massive $750,000 boat was screaming at Joe. And Joe was looking over the top deck. And they said, we want the rich to pay their fair share. <laughs> and Joe Manchin, looking as very compassionate as he could possibly look, looks down. he says, well, I want the rich to pay their fair share, too. As he look as he's looking down from a triple decker seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar fucking houseboat. How ironic. How much of an insult is that to those people just simply asking him to do his fucking job? Well now after Joe got all this heat, then he was really upset, then he's really hurt. I don't think he thought about this very much as I've said in the previous podcast and some TikToks. He does what a lot of people do. They get emotional and they react and they say and do things they shouldn't have done. And then they have to pay the price afterwards. If there's one thing you can do in your life is train yourself to always stay calm. Don't get upset. Don't get excited. Don't get emotional and make a stupid choice because it always gets you in trouble. If somehow you can force yourself just to stay cool, look at the situation, figure it out, strategize it out, and then make the best choice in your reaction as opposed to just spewing shit out like Joe Manchin did. Well, now he was trying to tell these people that, hey, I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. I'm fiscally conservative. And socially liberal. Oh, yeah, he's a compassionate guy, isn't he? On his $750,000 boat or driving his $200,000 Maserati to the U.S. Capitol. Yeah, he's a compassionate motherfucker. That's exactly right. Well, see, what he thought was he'd say, look, I don't like this Build Back Better bill. I just don't like it, and I don't believe I can go back to my constituents and sell them on something I don't believe in. I don't think it's good for the people of this country, the people of my state. And you know what? I don't think my constituents would like it either. So I'm just doing my job. I'm doing the right thing. Unfortunately, a couple of things came out that would contradict what Joe Manchin is saying. There's a gentleman by the name of Cecil Roberts. He is the president of the United Mine Workers of America. This is a huge union, a huge union. And in this mine workers union are coal miners. Now, as we know, West Virginia's main business is coal mining. And as we also know, Joe Manchin's son owns a several coal mines, And those coal mines feed money to his mom and dad, Joe and his wife's pocketbook to the tune of $1 million per year for doing what? Nothing that we could see, but by virtue of him protecting the coal companies and feeding money to the rich... That's why it's worth sending Joe and his wife a million dollars a year. They get this money for doing fucking nothing. I don't even know if they invested in these companies. They don't have to invest in those companies. They've got somebody in their pocket in the Senate. And even better than that, the guy that has them in their pocket is their fucking kid. So, of course, he's going to get all kinds of money from that. Well, anyway, Cecil Roberts, president of the United Mine Workers of America, said, You know, I'm disappointed in Joe Manchin. I'm disappointed uh, that this Build Back Better bill is not going to pass. You see, there's a lot of coal miners that would be affected by this Build Back Better bill. And a lot of these coal miners are going to lose their jobs. Wow. That's weird. Joe's not even stepping on the toes of everybody in America. He's stepping on the toes of his own constituents. Constituents that pay him a lot of money, that elect him to office. Seems to me if Joe, in fact, took the Build Back Better bill to West Virginia, instead of saying, I don't like it, they might have said, Hey, Joe, we like this a lot. Make sure you vote for it. But Joe didn't even ask him. He thinks he knows what's best for these people. Now, you've got a state that's probably got the most poverty in it. I mean, let's be honest with you. The child care tax is affecting 330,000 people just in West Virginia. Just in West Virginia. He doesn't sign the Build Back Better bill. That uh, child tax credit is going to end next month i got to think those 330,000 kids and their parents may have something to say about that bill. I'm guessing they probably like it since these people, many of them in poverty. And this particular part of the bill has pulled over half the children in poverty out of poverty. But since we're on the topic of the child tax credit, here's something very interesting. You know, Joe likes to come off as a sharp-dressing, sensitive, compassionate, sophisticated guy who cares about people. I mean, he did say he was socially liberal. He is fiscally conservative, but he's socially liberal. Well, that seems strange given that at a recent get-together that he was in, somebody asked him what he thought about the child tax credit. And you know what Joe said? Yeah, Mr. Compassionate said, well, I don't like the child tax credit because the parents will just use that money to buy drugs. Oh, fuck, Joe. Wow, Joe, you're just like all these other rich guys who don't want to get back money to people who need it. And then you put them down by suggesting, well, they'll all just buy drugs or they are wasted on cigarettes or, or pop or liquor or something like that. That's what you think of your constituents. I don't think the problem is going back to your constituents and offering up this bill. I think if they know who you are, what you are and what you think and what you say, you might have a problem going back and talking to your constituents because they think you're a piece of shit. It's ironic, isn't it, Joe? You put on this great face. You talk like, well, I'm from West Virginia. I don't get pushed around. Fuck you, Joe. You get pushed around all day. Except you're getting pushed with dollars shoved into your pockets. That's what you fucking do. <laughs> it's incredible. So now Joe is getting exposed who he is. People are finding out who he is. And Joe is going to cry and whine about it, but Joe, you brought this on yourself. You played this bullshit game. You're trying to deny people who need money, even in your own state, that money that they need that will help this country and will help those people. But you want to deny it, and you know why you want to deny it. You know why you want to deny it, because you're sticking up for big money coal companies, oil companies, anybody with a big pocketbook is your buddy, and you're trying to save them from having to spend some money. But isn't that the big issue anyway? We've got rich corporations, rich individuals who don't fucking pay taxes. They enjoy all the benefits of this country, but they don't pay one penny, even though they have more money than everybody fucking else. Paying the bill is on the backs of we in the middle class. And then when we, in the middle class, want something in return, oh, no, we can't afford that. I mean, Joe, you did vote for the uh, uh, defense budget for $778 billion. You didn't fucking blink an eye. You didn't care if it was going to add to the debt or how it might affect our kids 20 years down the line. You didn't blink once. They didn't even have to fight with you. You voted for that so fucking fast it made people's heads spin. But when it came to the Build Back Better bill, you're saying, no, I just don't feel about it, good about it. We have inflation and we have a debt. Well, you don't think about that when you give tax credits to the rich for $2 trillion. But you do think about it when the people you represent need money. You're being exposed for who you are. You understand that. You thought you were taking a beating before. That beating is going to... Double, triple, quadruple, because people are angry. People know what's in that bill. They know what it meant to them. And you threw it away like so much garbage. Because you don't give a shit about these people. And once people find out about it, your life is going to be a living hell. Now, I've said from the beginning that no matter what, that this Build Back Better bill will be passed. And in spite of all this stuff that's going on, I stand by that. I know the Build Back Better bill is going to pass. It may be different than what it is now, but it will pass one way or another. In fact, Joe Manchin, who just went on Fox and said, I'm not voting for the Build Back Better bill. Somehow today he says, well, I'll be talking to Joe Biden after January 1st and we'll see what we can get done. He's already backing off. Mr. Tough Guy is already backing off this shit. It's just a big game that we have in our government. Everybody's posturing. Everybody's posing. Everybody's trying to look like the tough guy or the, or the fiscally conservative guy. But when it comes to actually being socially liberal and taking care of the uh, people in this country, they all pull back. Because we can't afford that. So we will see what happens, and I'll guarantee you something will get done going into January. Because they've got one big problem. And they seem to like being under the gun with the uh, with like the raising the debt ceiling. Had to take it down to the last minute. Can't get it done before. Somehow at the last minute they get it figured out. And they've got another problem now. This child tax credit ends after this month. Those people, those kids that were pulled out of poverty, will now be sent back into poverty if that child care tax credit or child tax credit isn't continued. Now, who wants to be the one that said, well, we took the money out of the the kid's mouths, and now they're back in poverty? How's that going to play for Joe Manchin or anybody else that's talking against it? Yeah. Something will be done after January 1st. You just, you just hang on and watch, and uh, it will be fine. I wanted to talk about uh, Omicron, the latest variant of COVID-19. This shit is going wild. This shit is going crazy. I heard some facts and figures that just didn't make sense to me. But we know the Omicron variant is spreading very, very fast, much faster than COVID-19, much, much faster than Delta. Now, we're hearing that it may be a little more mild than Delta, which would be a godsend, but the fact is it's very infectious. Two weeks ago, of all the, all the uh, COVID cases in this country, 3% were the Omicron variant. Last week, it was 13% of all, vac- all, all viruses were Omicron. This week, it's now 73%, and now Delta is no longer the dominant uh, virus. It is now Omicron. Two weeks, this thing went to almost from almost zero to almost 75% of all COVID cases in this country. That is fucking crazy. Now, as I've said before, if you have the two vaccinations or the one Johnson & Johnson, it'll protect you some. It'll probably keep you from getting real sick or going in the hospital. But if you want to be truly protect, protected or protected from this Omicron variant, you need to get the booster. Now, I got my booster. My wife got her booster. And uh, it's going to be... Uh, uh, a big push for other people to get boosters it's surprising the boosters are available but not that many people have got it comparatively and my attitude is if you got the two shots what's the big deal about the booster you too busy now you can't be too busy to be perfectly honest with you when it came to the first two shots I got there as quick as I could and got it done I wasn't worried about the virus I wanted the protection for any number of reasons. When the booster came out, I jumped on that shit as quickly as possible. And if there's another one after this, you can bet I'm going to jump on that. I'm going to protect myself. For some reason, I prefer listening to doctors and science than I do Donald Trump or the fucking Republican Party. You know, that's the ironic thing. Donald Trump and uh, Bill O'Reilly got their little tour going around the country. Oh, it's going to be the biggest tour ever. But it turns out, you know, the crowds are probably about 25 or 30 percent of capacity. They aren't pulling the crowds they were once pulling. People are getting tired of the shit. They can't afford it. I mean, it was one thing to have a rally when everybody got in free and trying to get him elected. But now he's trying to grift money. Now it's costing you know, 100 bucks to get in. Half these trump lefucks can't pull a hundred bucks out of anywhere, so they ain't coming for that reason, or they're just tired of the shit. They're not seeing any action. They keep paying money, but nothing gets done like they're promised. It all goes into Donnie's, tru- uh, Donnie's uh, pockets, or now Bill Riley's pockets. I mean, here we got two serial sex abusers going on tour talking about bullshit, but what I thought was very funny. What I thought was very, very funny was I saw a video of a portion of one of their talks, and there's big, dumb Donald Trump um, sitting in one chair, and there's big, arrogant, lying, piece of shit Bill O'Reilly in the other chair, and they're talking back and forth. And <laughs> Bill O'Reilly says to uh, Donald Trump, he says, Look, I got my booster. Did you get your booster? Trump had to think about it a bit, and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I got my booster. And you know what that crowd did? I mean, they think Donald Trump is their lord and savior. They think Bill O'Reilly's a fucking genius. They booed him. They booed their lord and savior and Bill O'Reilly because they got the vaccination. They started something. Now they can't even control it. They're telling people, I got the vaccine. You should get the vaccine. And they're booing him. They don't even believe Donald Trump and Bill O'Reilly. They are still sticking by this, vaccination's bad. So the problem with this is because Omicron is very infectious, it is going to sweep through these unvaccinated people like fucking wildfire. They've said anybody who's not vaccinated almost surely will get the uh, Omicron variant. Now, hopefully it's milder than some of these other situations like Delta or COVID-19. But it's still getting sick, and there will still people be going to the hospital, and there will still be people dying. But it's almost going to be strictly in the red states. It's almost strictly going to be the Trumplifucks, because they're the ones that don't want to be vaccinated. If you have your booster, yes, it's conceivable that you could get the Omicron variant but you're not going to get real sick. You're not going to go into the hospital, and you're certainly not going to die. And you're probably, with the booster, less capable of transferring this virus to other people. But with the booster, um, people getting these breakout cases will be a little more rare than you'd think. You'd think it's happening all the time, everywhere, all day, and that's not true. It is harder for people with the booster to catch this virus. It can be done, but not in vast amounts. So these people that aren't vaccinated are going to be hit with this fast and in a fury. Just think about this. We heard about it being over in South Africa. We heard about it being over in Europe. This is less than a month ago. And within a week and a half or so, it's in the U.S. in a few spots It's a spot here, a couple here, triple there, four here. But now 73% of all virus cases in this country are Omicron. That tells you how fast this shit moves. It moves, again, like wildfire. And since everybody who's not vaccinated is almost certainly going to catch this, let's hope most people don't get the more serious cases where they get put in a hospital and ultimately die. But the fact is, some of them are. We don't know how many. But whether it's one death or one million deaths, it's too many, especially when you had the opportunity to protect yourself and you chose not to. Now, these people will say to me, what do you care what happens to us? Well, I don't care what happens to you, honestly. Two things I don't want you to do. I don't want you to give the virus to people who are unvaccinated or immune uh, compromised. They're innocent people. They don't deserve to get COVID or Omicron just because you're a dipshit. But even more importantly than that, you fucking dumbasses are getting this variant, Omicron, and you're filling up our hospitals. There are no hospital beds Available. Go to New York City. It's fucking crazy there. You need a hospital? It's going to be, you're going to be hard-pressed to get one. Now, what about these people who have heart attacks, diabetes, car accidents, broken limbs, whatever the disease is, normal problems that people have, and they desperately need a hospital room and some attention from a doctor, but all these dumbass fuckers with Omicron are filling it up. You have a right not to be vaccinated, but your rights end the moment you infringe on other people's rights, and that's what you're doing. And something's going to have to be done here because a lot of innocent people will die because they can't get help because your dumb ass wouldn't get a fucking vaccination. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. So we've all heard the story that the House Select Committee asked Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania to testify in front of the House Select Committee. They have evidence that he was working with Jeffrey Clark, who was drafting these letters to try to get all the swing states not to certify the election, essentially cause fraud with the secretaries of state in all these swing states. They have evidence of it. In fact, they have evidence that Scott Perry introduced um, Jeffrey Clark to Donald Trump, who then placed him in the DOJ, and at one point wanted to fire A.G. Rosen and put Jeffrey Clark as A.G. because Jeffrey Clark was willing to do Donald Trump's bidding, even if it was highly illegal. So they got a lot of evidence about um, Scott Perry being involved in these situations. Well, they asked him nicely. They said, look, we'd like you to come and testify and tell us what you know, and trust me, We know all about you, so it's in your best interest to come sit down and talk to us. Well, of course, Scott Perry did what all Republicans do. They said, no, I'm not coming. I'm not lowering myself to that. So what's next? Next up, the House Select Committee will subpoena Scott Perry. And then, of course, he'll decline coming under subpoena thinking he's got executive privilege or something, which is all but been proven false. He doesn't have executive privilege. There's no executive privilege here. He has no reason not to show up. So when he doesn't show up after being subpoenaed, of course, he'll be referred to the DOJ for criminal contempt of court. They will end up filing charges. He'll go to trial. He'll lose because it's a cut-and-dried case. We gave you a subpoena. Did did you show up? No, you didn't show up. That's the crime. That's pretty clear that that's exactly what happened. How do you lose that case? Meaning the DOJ, you can't lose that case because it's all right there. So that's where he'll end up with the DOJ and going to trial and obviously being convicted of criminal contempt of court. He wants to play that game. That's fine. He thinks maybe he can drag it out in the last minute and say, "Okay, I'll talk now. What I would suggest, if they do that, tries to delay it, and then all all of a sudden at the last minute say he'll testify and then either uh, use the Fifth Amendment or whatever the fuck he does, once he broke the law, he's already broke the law once he declines the subpoena. He goes to court. There's no coming back. You don't get a second chance, dumb shit. But anyway, here's what I find really interesting about this situation with Representative Scott Perry. Now, this is the first sitting member of Congress that the House Select Committee has asked to testify. Somebody who is actually a sitting member of the House of Representatives. They've asked him to testify in front of the Select Committee. That hasn't been done yet. But just wait, there's going to be more of them. These people involved in the insurrection, these people like Mo Brooks, Paul Gosar, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, all these people are ultimately going to be subpoenaed to testify if they need to. Now, if they've got all the information they need to uh, indict all these people, what the select committee will do. Now, you understand Congress or the select committee doesn't have the power to indict or convict anybody. But what they will do, and they've said as much just recently, they'll start referring people to the DOJ, outlining the broken laws and all the evidence they have, and then the DOJ will file charges, send out the indictment, and run the trial. But a lot of these sitting members of the House of Representatives will end up getting that same treatment. Now, as I say, Scott uh, Perry, Representative Scott Perry of PA, declined the request. He's going to get subpoenaed. He probably will decline the subpoena. Then he'll get referred over to the DOJ. Now, here's the weird fucking thing about it. Think about this for a moment. He is a sitting member of the House of Representatives. He shows up every day because that's his job. That's where he goes to work. He's in the House of Representatives. The select, a House Select Committee is also in the House of Representatives. They do it in another room or whatever. A hundred feet away, fifty feet away? He's in there every day allegedly doing his job. And when the House Select Committee in the same chamber says we want to talk to you, he says, No, I'm not going to talk to you. How does that make sense? You're in there flapping your lips all day, every day. You think you're right, you think you're innocent. But when people in the same chamber, your colleagues in the House of Representatives, ask you to talk, you say, no, I can't. There's only one reason for that, is you've got shit to hide. But you really don't have shit to hide because they've already identified the evidence they have against you. You don't have anything to lose by testifying. fact of the matter is you probably have a lot to gain. You won't be charged with criminal contempt. Maybe you can tell your side of the story and show your narrative and maybe show where you're innocent and where you're wrong. But instead, they just say, fuck it, I'm not going to do it. Now, you have to understand who Scott Perry is. Scott Perry was one of the reps in the House of Representatives that voted against certifying the 2020 election. He's one of these clowns that voted against it. He's also one of these clowns that voted against giving gold medals to the U.S. Capitol Police for their actions in the insurrection. Yeah, they're all about the blue line, but the U.S. Capitol Police, yeah, they don't get gold medals. We're not sending them anything. He's not the only one, but it's ironic. This is the fucking clown they want to talk to, and he won't do anything. And he's sitting right there. He has to walk 20 feet. So clearly... He's got something to hide. And Scott Perry is just the first of many. As I said, as they get further down the road here, and it's coming pretty quickly, where they're identifying who the members in Congress that were texting with Mark Meadows and the insurrectionists, these people's names are going to be exposed when the time is right, and they are going to be scrambling. They're going to be asked to testify. They'll probably try to avoid it. But uh, they're like rats trapped in a corner. There's really no way to go. I saw something recently. Um, there were some of these trump on a stage. There was Marjorie Taylor Greene trying to deny everything about what's going on with these texts and stuff like that. <laughs> and then Louis Gomert from behind her starts spewing some shit. Shit he shouldn't have been saying. Well, yeah, maybe I did get a letter from those people. And Marjorie Taylor Green almost turned fucking green. She saw that he was fucking up big time. He was saying stuff he shouldn't have said. And when it was over, before he even got done talking, she walked off the stage very quickly. This woman is scared. They're all fucking scared at this point, because not only do they have all the evidence, you got a bunch of dumb fucks with you that keep yapping their mouths. They make the same mistake that Donald Trump makes. They keep yapping, and they make it worse for themselves. I'll be honest with you, in the four years that Donald Trump was president, if he could have kept his mouth shut or stayed off Twitter, he wouldn't be in nearly the trouble he is now. But he did it to himself. And he's too stupid to understand that. These people think they are so smart, they are so arrogant that they think they can talk around people, outsmart people. But they're not smart in the first place. So they don't even realize they're kicking their own ass when they do this. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with uh with this rep, Scott Perry, he'll end up going to the DOJ because he's too stupid to fucking testify. But when this other stuff start coming out, you're going to see people scrambling and throwing people under the bu- under the bus. And you're going to be seeing Donald Trump throwing people under the bus. It's going to be a shit show. And then everybody's going to hate everybody. And the people he had protecting him are going to try to distance themselves from him because they can't afford to be thrown under the bus. Anyway... We'll be watching that closely, and we'll see what happens. I saw this other thing on TV. There was a short video of this radical right-wing rally or whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's called Turning Point USA, and you've got the typical trump fuck talking heads up there ranting and raving about stupid stuff. I mean, there uh, is Jesse Waters was there. Do you know who Jesse Waters is? Jesse Waters is on Fox News. Oh, he's one of the younger guys. He's had all kinds of personal problems that have been exposed. He's an arrogant, narcissistic piece of shit. And he's up there talking about Dr. Fauci. And he did not like Dr. Fauci. He's the reason for this pandemic. He's mad at Fauci about the pandemic, which I find weird because he's part of the group that said this whole thing was a hoax. It was nothing. But they're mad at Dr. Fauci for starting it, which is absolutely ridiculous, absolutely a conspiracy theory. But what he said, what he said is a problem. And what he said is tells us that we've got some issues in this country with a lot of people. He said that they should ambush Dr. Fauci and hit him with a kill shot. Now, let me clarify this. What he said on stage when he was talking about a kill shot, he was asking him the hard question, how come you did this with a Chinese uh, laboratory where they created... uh, Uh, COVID-19 and you fucked up and you made the wrong choices or you got paid a lot of money for this, which is all absolutely ridiculous, unfounded, proved to be untrue. That's what he was calling was the kill shot. If I could just ask him that question, that would be the kill shot. Ambush him with a question and use that kill shot. Okay, he was smart enough not to come out and threaten violence. Well, he's on TV, so he probably knows a little bit better. But those words he used, they are inflammatory. And he knows that the people listening to him aren't very bright. And they tend toward violence. I mean, you remember back on January 6th when Donald Trump said, you got to go up there and fight like hell or we're going to lose our country. He didn't say go attack the Capitol. But they know what he meant, he knew what he meant, and he got exactly what he asked for. Same thing could be said about this Jesse Waters. Yeah, he's talking about the hard questions, these conspiracy theories, and ambushing and hitting Dr. Fauci with a kill shot. But he knew those words would have an effect on the quality of people that are listening to what he has to fucking say. That is an incitement. These people aren't smart enough to track Fauci down and ask him a hard question. So they'll take it literally. They'll go try to ambush him and try to hit him with a kill shot. They'll think it's clever. They'll think it's interesting. they think it's funny. Somebody like Jesse Waters on Fox News is doing shit to incite these dumb fucks. And he knows it. And he should be fired for doing it. I would think Fox would want to fire him because if something comes out of it, Fox News is going to get sued again. And since they're in the process of getting sued by Dominion for $1.6 billion, I'm guessing they are going to have a lot of extra money after they lose that fucking lawsuit. But on that same show, it was called, as I said, Turning Point USA. Just this big, stupid, Trump-la-fuck fucking rally where all these people are idiots. And they're trying to make it look like, uh, I don't know, The Tonight Show or one of these late-night talk shows. They got the lights and the effects and all this stuff. But what I found truly hilarious, saddening, and frightening all at the same time. They introduced their big star guest, Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, they brought out Kyle Rittenhouse like he's a fucking rock star. They had video footage of him. He came out. They were giving him a standing ovation, and they came down and sat down and talked to these people. And they love this guy. This is their hero. But let's look at what he really did. He's a 17-year-old kid, dumb as fuck. If you heard his mom talk, you realize she's just as dumb as fuck. He's sitting at home in Illinois, decides to go up to Wisconsin to help fight BLM or the protesters in uh, Wisconsin. He brings his AR 15, which he isn't supposed to have. He wades into the crowd, claims to be protecting some business that he doesn't own. He claims to be helping people with medical problems, but in the end, it turns out he shoots and kills two people. The fuck? Now, this is their hero. What did he do that was so great, other than in their minds, in Fox's minds, or the Trumplicans' mind, that he killed a couple BLM people? That's your hero? That's who you're supporting? That's the best you can come up with? This fucking 17-year-old kid that doesn't know shit from shit that went up, got himself in trouble, almost got himself killed, and then in turn kills two people? That's your hero? For what reason? What did he do that was great that you want to support? It doesn't matter because in their mind, he beat the Democrats. He owned the Democrats. He went to court. He went to court for what he did, and he fucking got off. And why? Well, you had a stupid trump a fuck judge who didn't know what he was doing half the time. You've got a uh, Wisconsin jury And we know what Wisconsin's all about. I've said this before. My state's right next to Wisconsin. I go to Wisconsin a lot. I like Wisconsin. There are a lot of people in Wisconsin that are friends of mine. But the Republican Party in Wisconsin, pretty fucked up. Honestly, pretty fucked up. Now, we heard about all the problems in Arizona with this audit and the cyber ninjas and all this shit. That's kind of went by the wayside. They're still dicking around with it a little bit in Arizona. But Wisconsin is far worse than Arizona ever was. I mean, they have a fucking mess up there. They have an audit going on that citizens, the taxpayers, are paying for. It's an absolute joke. It's an embarrassment. They haven't found anything. Then I was watching one of the shows today, and I was hearing about some of the other things that are going on in Wisconsin. Like... On I don't know if it was January 5th or 6th, when the uh, electors for the 2020 election were getting together in the Wisconsin state capitol. So the electors got there. They're going to vote. Joe Biden won Wisconsin. But here we got a whole group of people knocking on the side door, claiming to be the true electors, the electors that will come in and vote for Donald Trump, even though Joe Biden won Wisconsin. Yeah, they went to a great extent to try to pawn themselves off as the real elector. They printed up documents like the ones the real electors had. They forged a bunch of shit. They knocked on the door. They talked to the police and tried to get their way in. And what was their goal? They wanted to get there and fool these people to make them believe they were the real electors or just to cause chaos in order to slow things down. That's what they do. Now, all these dumb fucks have these forged legal governmental documents, they signed this fucking thing and they're trying to pull this off. Well, fortunately, the state trooper, the captain that was at the door, knew the electors were already in there and he knew these people were bullshit, so he never let them in. But you would think people who are trying to forge government documents, impersonate actual electors with the intent of overturning election, you think they might get some heat over that. You think they might suffer some legal problems. Not a a fucking thing has been done to them. Nobody's suffered any legal consequences for those acts. And each one of them are illegal. We're talking forgery. We're talking about impersonating an elector. We're talking about fraud. We're talking about obstructing an election. But nothing has happened to them. And that's the problem. Wisconsin, politically speaking, more specifically, the Republicans, it's a fucking mess over there. There is some bad, unethical, illegal shit going on with the Republican Party. Now, they do have a Democratic governor, and he's a decent guy. They have Democratic representatives that see the problem with this whole thing, and they are concerned about it. Uh, But it's a matter of what they can do, and at this point, absolutely nothing has been done. The audit continues, even though there's been no proof of uh, wrongdoing or fraud or anything like that. But they keep spending taxpayer paper money. And these taxpayers apparently aren't bitching about it. They keep doling out the money so they can do this bullshit, end up with nothing. Look, I love Wisconsin. I love a lot of people in Wisconsin, but you got to do better. You can't perpetuate this bullshit. It's just going to affect democracy in the state of Wisconsin and ultimately democracy in this country. It's got to stop. You know, when I hear about these people, like in this Turning Point USA rally, there's a lot of talk about guns. There's a lot of talk about the Second Amendment. There's a lot of talk about civil war and violence. We keep hearing these things. We hear about secretaries of state, teachers, people on school boards, getting threatened with their lives, with the lives of their family, because they haven't bought in to the big lie. They are going to kowtow to Republicans and Donald Trump. So these people are constantly getting threats through the mail, through the phone, uh, social media, maybe even in person. I mean, one school district... Uh, member, had people standing in their yards with fucking guns. A school district member, official. The fuck is this about? I see this going on, and this whole thing with the violence doesn't seem to be getting better. And my biggest fear here is that they're going to push it to a level where it will turn violent. And the thing about it is, is if it turns violent, these or these civil war people that think they're tough, they are going to get destroyed because it's going to be the police departments, the National Guard in this country that they'll be fighting against, and they don't have a fucking chance. But see, in their minds and what everybody's told them, they think, we've got millions, and we're going to go after these people and take them over. My greatest fear is the only way to shut them down is with violence. I mean, you think about this, and don't don't suggest that I'm advocating violence. I don't want that to happen. But we got these people perpetrating threats and violence every day. Think about this. If those people, those Trumpulicans, were Russian or Muslim, and they were doing the same things that these people are doing, yeah, there'd be some fighting. There'd be... Law enforcement, National Guard going after these fuckers and shutting them down quick, quick. But these aren't Muslims, and these aren't uh, people of color, and they aren't Russians. They're these white Trumple fucks, so they're getting away with it. But when you're dealing with a bully, sometimes you try to negotiate with them. Sometimes you try to compromise with them. Sometimes you try to wait them out. And when that doesn't work, sometimes it's pushed to violence. And I'm afraid that the only way to shut these people down and shut these people up is give them the violence they want. Now, nobody wants to see this. It was going. It's going to be ugly. These people don't have a fucking prayer against what they'd come up against in this country. But they're too stupid to understand that. So they keep advocating this violence and civil war. I'm really afraid that it's going to get pushed to that. They are going to keep pushing the envelope and pushing the envelope until they go too far, and then shit is going to go down in a big way. And I hope against hope it doesn't happen. But we have to find a way to shut them down and shut them up, because they are doing nothing but causing problems, strife, chaos, and trauma in this fucking country something's got to be done to stop them. I don't know what it is, and I hope it doesn't go as far as violence. It's not going to be good news for the -the Trumplefucks. They can't win. They can't do anything. They're like the Apple Dumpling gang, you know, the gang that couldn't shoot straight. They come across trained law enforcement, National Guard. It's not going to be a pretty sight. They're going to be in fucking trouble. So we got to find a way to shut them down and shut them up. Otherwise, this country will be in chaos forever. We don't want it to be violence, but if it is to that extent, I'm afraid of what might happen. It's not going to be good. And if it is violent, that's not going to do well by this country. It's not going to make things better. It may shut them down, but it's not going to make things better in this country. It's going to make it worse and they seem hell-bent on making everything in this country worse. All right, we're going to wrap it up for the Rational Boomer podcast. you have questions, comments, or complaints, by all means, send me a direct email at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm. Look for Rational Boomer podcast and leave a voicemail message. Have a great day, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow talking again. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.